I'm André Villas Boas, listening to Echoes of Glory. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future is bright, future is lily white. Come on, your Spurs. Hello, and welcome to Echoes of Glory, season 11, episode 15. I'm Jack. I'm Chris. I'm ASD. There is so much for us to cover tonight. Like, throughout the day today, I've just been like on Sky Sports News, reading Twitter. I'm like, oh, that's another thing we could talk about, another thing, another thing. So it's going to be an action-packed um, show that we've got. I feel like the best place to start is the Liverpool game, right? It's the freshest in all of our minds. Um, what a game, firstly. You know, like obviously, I know we're all watching it with our Spurs bias hat on. Of course we are. But what a brilliant game of football that was. Like, that was one of the best matches that I've sit and, sat and watched for a long, long time, especially involving Spurs, you know. It was like high intensity, tackles, goals. Like it was a brilliant game. Um ASD, like, did you did you watch the game firstly? Like if you did, like what did you think of it? Yeah, it was good. I it was it tell you what I felt. I felt I did see it. I felt we've got our Tottenham back. And how where how when have you had that feeling? We're being coached and we've got a plan like we've been calling for for two years maybe. I know we had the peak of Mourinho, when I, I thought maybe we might win the treble and no one could beat us uh, this time <laughs> last year. Ignoring that, it, it just, you haven't had this feeling of positivity and togetherness in years. And that's the thing I'm taking away from it. We'll get on to the decisions and the individual performances, all of that. And I, I mean, it's been a few weeks of sporting. Uh, uh, let down with the Formula One, which I'm still not over. And then sports person, actually sports personality was after, which I thought was a disgrace. And then um, this, it just, it, the what, sports gone crazy. I don't I, know what's going say, I love, you're, you're the person that gets most rolled up by sports personality of the year. I love it. It's every I single year. Love it. You're always wound up the days afterwards. It's brilliant. It's one of my favourite parts of the year, to be honest. Why? Just just that bit, I think we have to, you know, for the for the sake of our listeners, ASD, why yeah. was it why was sports personality of the year a travesty? Isn't Emma Raducanu a worthy winner? She shouldn't have even been on the list, Chris. She she won one tournament. Um, yeah, she was unknown and she's young, but she won one tournament against poor opposition. Laura Trott, Jason Kenny weren't even on the list. Max Whitlock wasn't on the list. Adam Peaty has got the top 15 times in his sport in history, and he defended his title in the sixth fastest race of all time and hasn't been beaten in seven years. I, what, what more does he have to do rather than just win one tournament? She didn't. She she crashed out on the tournaments. And then you've got team of the year. Like I, I fully respect her what she did. Like it's amazing she was an unknown. I get that and. You know, we haven't had much to shout about with tennis, all of that stuff. I just, there is better sporting achievement. Uh, I don't think Tyson Fury should have been anywhere near that list after all of his disgusting comments, but there were just better sports people. I can't believe the Kennys weren't on there afterwards. Jason Kenny is the most decorated sport, British sports Olympian of all time. And I can't believe that the England team and the England manager won coach and team of the year. How would they, England didn't even win anything. Wales Almost won the Grand Slam. They won the Six Nations. Emma Hayes did amazing. The women um, St. Helens rugby league team did incredibly. It's just a bit of a disgrace. But when it goes down to a public vote, you know what this this public's like when they go voting. So I'm I'm not surprised. I knew that you'd be absolutely furious when I saw the list and Ben Davis's name wasn't on there. I was like, <laughs> I know he's going to go mad now because he'll always give you a seven out of ten, wouldn't he, Ben Davis? <laughs> Yeah, and they I, had I mean, an excellent game yesterday. But um, just you know, for for the record, for balance, um, 
Well, no, also like denigration of the public, I don't ever like because I think it's kind of elitist. And frankly, you know, football is our national game. And we got to the first uh, the, and then the England football, men's football team, the England men's yep. football team got the, to the first ma- major men's final since 1966. And it's the game that's watched the most. And actually, I am really happy for Gareth Southgate and that team to end up with those plaudits. Gareth Southgate for being like values led and to have done some of the things and said a lot of the things that he said over the year. And that team for actually showing proper leadership in the face of idiocy from some England fans around the taking of the knee, as we were, as we well know. So I'm, I'm, I'm there for that. Yeah. All about that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know enough about all the other people that you talked about to be fair. So I can't, I can't sort of refute there's some of the things yeah, yeah. That, you're, that you're saying. Let's but, talk about your anyway. bang, though. Let's <laughs> talk about that. Come on. Can I say the thing for me for yesterday was I think ASD just touched on it, which is we looked like we're being coached and it sounds it sounds daft. But for, you know, the amount of times we've sat here in the last year saying we haven't got a plan, we don't know what we're doing. You could see that they had they, they knew where they were going, what they were doing, and people were slotting into different places. And, you know. I've been in various WhatsApp groups, I'm sure you have, that have basically said that Winks is over. Delhi is over. We're never going to get anything out of Sessignon, um, etc. You know, Ben Davis is a good seven out of ten. Those players were excellent yesterday. Oh, and how much have we written off Eric Dyer, who now basically looks like the best centre back in England? Right. You know, but you know, but that, that's the thing is like. Yes, of course, you need talent to play football. But like in any job, you are going to excel if you are managed and coached in the right way. And then we're doing we're we're doing that. And, you know, and we all love a little bit of Antonio Conte energy. So, yeah, yeah, you know, I thought it was great. And and, you know. The other the other sort of main point for me on that is both teams felt like they were robbed. Mm. which goes to show that there's probably something in it from both of us, but also that the referee had a bad game. And the, the VAR one. But, I mean, you must be happy. You've you've heard of Elf on the Shelf. We got to see Delhi on the telly. Yay! <laughs> I thought he had an excellent game. He was I mean, excellent. Imagine. He score that chance. It's a shame. Oh, what a save that was. I couldn't believe I that save. How chances imagine having that when was the last time we had that many good chances and the, you know and and harry kane would have been really frustrated yesterday but hopefully it spurs him on pardon the pun because you can see that there's promise in that you know and we did it all without hoibier yeah 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 i imagine like what world are we in where we play liverpool we're disappointed to come out with a 2-2 draw delhi Dyer, Winks, Sessignon are the four up for man of the match. And Harry Kane scored his first goal at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium since two managers ago. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. Yeah, some is... of those players that you, that you mentioned, though, there, ASD, in, in that four, like, let's talk about all their performances. And it's like, Sessignon, when I saw the team list and saw he was starting, I was so nervous for him because he's up against the best player in the world in that position. That 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 inside right forward, Salah, he, just, he scores every single game, that guy. He's a freak. And he always causes chaos for the opposition. And he didn't really get a kick the whole game. He nullified and, him. It reminded me a little bit of that um of the cup final where Benny had Ronaldo in his pocket. 
Yeah. When Ronaldo was in his pomp. And it was like, how is that possible that Salah ended up having that kind of a game thanks to Ryan Sessegnon? Amazing. It was amazing. But I think that as well, the key thing for me watching us against Liverpool yesterday was that we were so brave with our pressing. Um, we obviously see Sessegnon was magnificent in that left wing back role. But a lot of the time he was actually closing down Alexander-Arnold. Like, and yeah. we played with yeah. wing backs. We didn't we didn't have a back five and just sit on the edge of our own box. Like when there was the chance to actually press and get up the pitch, Sessegnon went on Alexander-Arnold, Davis went on Salah. And like we were basically saying, like, we'll go one v one against you at times. Like we'll back ourselves to do it. Um, and the, the whole approach was just absolutely fantastic. Eric Dyer at the back, the way he was just sort of marshalling, commanding that defence and pulling people into positions and protecting himself, not getting exposed, like, he was really, really good. And the key thing for me, for Dyer yesterday, was he didn't make a mistake in the, in the whole game. And we've watched Dyer enough the last few years, especially at centre-back, and he plays really well a lot of the time for 85 minutes, and then he just makes two or three mistakes, and you think, mm. oh, like... That's not what, but he was he was perfect yesterday. Won his headers, played out from the back, went long when we had to. It was just a really really solid defensive performance from from all of them. And like you look on paper at the three centre halves, Davis, Dyer, Sanchez, it didn't give you that much confidence. But it didn't me anyway. And I know we conceded a couple of goals, but I, it, we felt quite solid yesterday. And do you know what I mean? Like you know when you watch a game sometimes and you think, all right, yeah, it's finished two all, but like they didn't create that many chances yeah, for yeah. for Liverpool. Do you know what I mean? For a front three of Mane, Jota and Salah, which is as good as there is about, they didn't create that many opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really, really impressed. It was just so good to see all of the players completely buying into the manager and how he wants yeah, us to yeah. play. And and Delhi in, in the you know, centre of the park, he played a proper box-to-box midfield role yesterday as well. Like He defended, he got forward. He deserved a goal, and it's a shame that you know he didn't finish that one because I think if that goal goes in, that would have made it two 0 wouldn't it? Like we would have gone on and won that game for sure. So it, it was a shame he, he didn't manage to get that goal, but it's just good to see a lot of the players, like you say, Chris, that we've all sort of thought it's probably time for them to go, come in and have a good game. And all right, it's only one good game, but that's the first brilliant game we've seen Delhi and, and Winks have for what eighteen months. So it's like whilst we don't want to get carried away, is a massive step for all those players. I didn't think we'd get a performance like that out of Delhi again. And it's absolutely brilliant to see him back in the side and, and doing that. And I'm also hoping that he'll push on on when, you know, like he'll have a starring role on Wednesday. And actually, I think, you know, we could do something really interesting on, on Wednesday night as well. And and yeah, you're absolutely right, Jack. I think that's the, it's just the thing that we know, like thinking that we've got options is brilliant. And... And the way that we were playing, I mean, you know, it's all about Eric Dyer. And I think ASD, you shared something earlier about his long balls. But one of those long balls hit Harry Kane. Was it Harry Kane? And he didn't he didn't manage to um, to finish. But one of Harry Kane's really good chances was from a long ball from Dyer from the back. And actually, you need that as an option. It's like, OK, we don't want to play like that. You know, you don't want that to be the the only plan. But that should be an option. But Because also, we've got the runners that can do it. Sonny's running yesterday. We haven't talked about Sonny. Sonny's running yesterday was brilliant. Because the balls were the balls were in the right place to do that. It's great. It just must be great for, like, especially for, like, 
someone like Harry Winks coming into the side, he's clearly been struggling for confidence the last year or so. And a lot of the passes that he played yesterday, if you watch it back, it doesn't even really look he's hitting an area because he knows Sessegnon, Emerson, Son are going to be making those runs because we've been coached and we know what the patterns of play are going to be. And it's exactly. not taking anything away from his passes, but a lot of the time he's just thinking, oh, there's a bit of pressure on it. I'm going to stick this between their centre-half and full-back. It's probably a good chance someone's making that run. And then we were, and then you get right up the pitch. And it was like, it's just so good to sort of see that type of football. And it's exciting. I thought we were incredibly direct yesterday. And that doesn't mean smacking it 70 yards long. Yeah. We just got the ball. Like, I think Liverpool are the most direct team in the world. They don't play it about. They get the ball and they, within three or four passes, they have a shot. And like That's direct football. And I thought we really did that yesterday. We won it. We played forward. We have runners in behind. And we tried to shoot on sight as much as we could. And it was just so exciting. I felt like every time we were going forward, we were going to score. It was just, it was a brilliant game to watch. And I'll come back to what you both said earlier. Patterns of play, coaching, a style, high energy, aggression, like that's what you want out of your team. Like I'm sat there watching it as a supporter and I think every single one of those players, whether or not we win, draw or lose this game, has given everything in this game. And I can't fault the efforts. I can't fault the desire and the determination. It's like if we lose this game to a late brilliant goal, we lose it. But I, you, know, you can't have a go at the players. And that's, that's just not been that's the so case. That's so interesting though, isn't it? Yeah, because like, think about the conversation we had after the Arsenal game about how nobody tried, like, and just think about the difference between that and what you've just explained there, Jack. It's a mad difference, isn't it? It's absolutely yeah. mad. And there was one bit of play that really sort of summed it up for me, which was Delhi. And the ball went out to Salah. And he did about a 20-yard sprint out, closed him down. Salah played it back yeah. to Alexander-Arnold. He sprint 20 yards. And he made Alexander-Arnold go all the way back to the goalkeeper. And I'm like, that is someone that has bought into the style. And that is someone that wants to be there and is willing to fight. And it's just like... You wouldn't have seen that under the last couple of managers. It just wouldn't have happened. No. You know, my dad said to me, actually, I no, don't know what your thoughts are on this because I don't really know the timings. He said, and my dad watches a lot of football. He's not a Spurs fan, but he likes Spurs because of me. He said that Delhi hasn't been the same since um, he was bur- that, that he had that big burglary. And I don't know if that works timing wise, but I thought that was an interesting hypothesis. It's sort of, there's a correlation causation there's a, there's a difference there isn't there but maybe there's been a few people who've been burgled was there there's one at city isn't there or chelsea someone's been burgled at night yeah. point and then they're not playing it just happens doesn't it yeah and i mean how do you get away come back from that i Delhi, i thought that the i think it's really worth pointing out how brilliant he was like really you because he was doing lots of little things he did like elements of his game taking players on he did that brilliantly there's a point where he took on three players and created the it ultimately created Kane's opportunity, I think, and running back and tackling long balls, yeah. short balls. He did him and Winks did this brilliant thing where they didn't just they they passed first time or they took a touch or they used the body feint to move Liverpool because Liverpool are on you, but they easily moved around the Liverpool player or moved it to the other defenders where there was no pressure. And I think they created a lot of space for our defenders by doing that. And I think that was absolutely fantastic. And Winks did the same. We always go, the best thing Winks has ever done was the pass for Ericsson against Real Madrid, where he took a second and passed it. 
And then uh, Ericsson scored the third to go 3-0 up against Real Madrid. And he, he Winks is it's someone else. I think it might be Kane to Ericsson. It's someone else. Um, but Winks is in the box and is getting pressure. And he takes a second longer than he might otherwise do to play the right pass. And he did that yesterday. And that that's what you want to see. I don't think he was spectacular. I just think he did his job really, really. He did what he should be doing really well. Which I think Delhi was exceptional. You know, I think he had a really, really good game. I just think with Delhi as well, the other thing we, we do have to take into account is... He he's had he's adjusted and adapting his game all the time. And it's like yesterday he played box to box centre midfield. I still associate him as a number ten, you know, playing as high up the pitch as possible with Kane. And it's mm-hmm. like it, it feels like every time he's in the team, he's especially under the last couple of managers, he's always being asked to do something completely different all the time. So he's always having to evolve and change his game. And it's like that is not an easy thing for a player to do, especially when box to box midfield isn't Delhi's natural way of playing. Like, he is a box player and he gets you goals and numbers. And it's like, he's having to become more mature in his game, be tactically more disciplined um, to actually understand what now Conte wants him to do. I think this is the first time under Conte that we've played a 3-5-2 as well, because normally it's a 3-4-3. So again, centre midfielders' jobs are different. If you're in that attacking line, your jobs are different. So it's like, you do have to take all of these things into account as well. But to a man yesterday, every single one of them, like, fair play to him, because... You can easily play against Liverpool at the moment, I think, and just sort of go into it. I think there's a lot of a lot of supporters did thinking we're probably going to get turned over here. Like I don't expect to get much out of the game, but there was genuine belief from the first whistle we can win this match. And there looked to be a lot of disappointment at full time that it was a draw. And Conte in his um, press conference said that, didn't he? That you yeah. know, we want to be at the at the top and we want to be battling with these sides. We need to be disappointed if we're drawing at home. And it was like, that's the kind of mentality. Well, I listened to that press conference and I was like, that is what you want as a manager, isn't it? Coming out and sort of saying stuff like that. I was also just really pleased to hear, you know, like just everyone in the stadium really getting behind Delhi and singing his song when he was coming yeah. and stuff, because that's really important as well. Like he knows he's been slagged off recently, doesn't he? Do you know what I mean? It's like, and that's, and it's just, you know, I, I, I just think he's just, I mean, I've said this a million times, but he is a special player. You don't, there isn't anyone else that really like him in the league. And if we can kind of get the best out of him and use him as part of a squad, because I hear you, Jack, it's like, you know, I don't know what, um, you know, what formations are going to work for which players or whatever, but actually it is a squad game. And, you know, hopefully we're going to progress in the, in the uh, league cup. And we'll have a nice little FA Cup run. I'm not really bothered at all about the Europa League, but I'm sure we'll come on to that. Um, you know, so like I think I've, it's a great result. Can we go through each of the... Go on, mate. I was going to say decisions. Yeah. What did we think of the decisions? The Harry Kane one, first of all, ASD, go on, give us your viewpoint. I can't think of any reason why he was still on the pitch. <laughs> he should have been gone. I, it's, there's no argument I can make. Um, to say he should have still been on, but he could have snapped that boy's le- man's leg in, in half. It's an awful, awful, you know, you remember what um, Son did to that Everton player, like just by tripping over. Um, Kane really could have snapped Robertson's leg in too. It's, it was really bad. I can't think of it. I, I I've watched it. The only thing that saved him, so I, firstly, I, it was a stonewall red card. When you see the replay, you just think he's gone. Um, I think the only thing that saved him was the, the animosity of the tackle it wasn't really super aggressive he was out of control his studs were high it was a red card don't get me wrong but I think what saved him was there might have been enough doubt in the referee's mind that it's not 
aggressive enough like it's just slightly mistimed I think that might be the only reason why it saved him but I was shocked especially when they were like VAR review you're like oh that's it he's had it um we were very very lucky on that one that he didn't get sent off and maybe maybe the fact that it was Harry Kane saved him and if that is the case I've got no problem with that you know no me neither because that's the thing is like because we you know you look at it and you go like that's not how Harry Kane plays and the thing is, is that, you know, the referee did have a bad game, but referees are also human. And it's going through his mind as well. That's not how Harry Kane plays. So, but yeah, it, should, it was a red card. And what about the Robertson one? Also Any thoughts card. on that? Oh, yeah, definite reds as well. He, he could have done some real deep damaging. Um, that, it, it was all definite red. Chris? Um, yeah, yeah, it's definitely a record. I, I actually thought the Robertson one, I think he should get an extended ban for it. I thought he's one of the worst tackles I've seen on a football pitch for years because there is genuine intent to hurt the player. And it's like the Kane one's a poor tackle. It's mistimed. He should have gone. But there's there's not that that aggression to actually want to hurt him. And you see it in Robertson's eyes as he goes to say, take yeah. out Emerson. It's like he's a brilliant player, Andy Robertson. He's probably the best left back there is. But... Is a nasty bit of work. That's probably what makes him the brilliant player that he is, right? That he has a bit of bite. But that challenge has got no place on a football field. Like, honestly, I thought it was so bad. Free, a free game ban would not be enough for that, I mm. don't think. I think, it, honestly, they should really look at that. Because if you're going to allow tackles like that, it's just not right. I do, uh, I'm all for a physical game and aggression and, you know, sort of, you know, putting in challenges that are a bit heavy and stuff like that. But you've got to draw the line at like actually setting out to hurt an opponent. And that's what that one was. Yeah. Um, so the fact people are arguing about that not being a red, I mean, the game's gone if that, do you know what I mean? If that's the case, the only argument that I think a lot of fans had was, oh, Kane didn't get sent off. So, but you you don't referee games like that. Do you know what I mean? You do, you have to look at each decision isolated on its own. Um, so it's just absolute stonewall red. All right. Yeah. So one right, one wrong so far. Penalties. Right, so there's at least three here. Yeah. The Emerson was definitely a penalty. I thought when he gave away the the Emerson shoulder in the back. Yeah. I mean, how this didn't get given beyond me. He basically shoulder charged him in the back, interrupted, yeah. and it didn't get given. It was like Jota. I think the reason it might not again for the record definite penalty I think the reason it might not have got given is because Jota clearly looks over his shoulder and moves his body anticipating what's going to happen it's good like it's good forward play um yeah. so if it, it, maybe the reason that that wasn't given is because the referee has seen that but he's absolutely flattered him like it's crazy defending um we again we really got away with that yeah so okay. that should have been a penalty yep that Next. should have been a penalty I've got Matip on um Winks, which when where he kicks him right on the edge of the area, I think he starts the foul outside. And Winks is outside the area, and then Winks comes in the area and then goes down. So I thought that was a penalty as well because he takes him out. If you know Winks would still be on his feet if Matic wasn't there. Hundred percent a foul for me. Like I think again, it would be it's slightly softer that one, but if that mm. was on the halfway line, that gets given every single time. Um, I think it would have probably been a free kick for for the reasons you said. But again, like, you, you can't tackle like that. Do you know what I mean? He's just no. gone straight through the back of him and bundled him over. Um, yeah. So, again, I thought we should have had that one. Free kick, though. Yeah, no, I don't think that was a pen. Yeah. And then Alexander-Arnold on Delhi. 
I think yeah. Delhi's done a bit of. I thought it was a penalty, but Delhi's done a bit of the Jota where he's he's made himself big and taken the the impact and gone over. Definite penalty for me. I didn't think that one was a penalty. Oh, did you not? Uh, Why not Delhi go down too easily? Yeah, I I think that there's a Alexander definitely puts his hand on his back, but I don't think there's enough for that to be a foul. I think he's slightly lost control of the ball and then he's felt the contact and then he's gone over hoping I'll get a penalty. But I I didn't think that one was. I think if we'd have got that, it would have been very soft and fortunate. But didn't they go straight up the other end and score after that as well? Yeah, well, this is that's it. what annoyed me. Cause, and that was a foul. Sorry, he pushed him. And he pushed him over in the box. Yeah. And then... So, yeah, no... It, it, Pen. I thought it was a penalty, yeah, two, two to one. Sorry, Jake. And then the, um, <laughs> then the other opportunity, the handball. I've got the Sky, the Sky article where it, it um, talks about the actual uh, rules because the, the Salah handball. The Salah handball because there's lots and lots of different points of view here, uh, which is worth taking into consideration. So it would be good the, to know what the rules are because I think like, I watched that and just assumed. That's got to be a pen, but then maybe I just don't know what the rule. Well, so it's not deliberate, so it wouldn't be a handball before. So let me let me read the Sky thing. The Sky thing says, uh, accidental handball in the build-up to a goal will no longer be deemed an offence. The crucial word here is build-up. It will still be an offence if an accidental handball directly creates a chance that scores a goal or scores the goal itself. And so by directly, it means assist. Now because it wasn't strictly the assist it's not handball because it's like a second or third phase of play. And then if you have a look, say before 2019-20, it wouldn't have been a handball because it wasn't deliberate. In 1920, it would be a handball because it was an attacking handball in the attacking phase, leading to a chance that was an offence. But it wouldn't be a handball in 2021 last year, as an attacking handball would only be an offence if it directly leads to a goal-scoring opportunity. And it's not a handball in 21-22 as it isn't deliberate and the player touches the ball with an arm doesn't immediately score with it. They've just confused it as far so as So the I letter of the law then is not handball. It's not handball. So it's not handball. Because it, he didn't bat it into the goal. Because it was an accident, yeah, and he didn't get the assist from that. So that's Because technically then they say we cleared it and then it's a separate phase of play which then leads to the goal. What yeah, a ridiculous fine. rule. What an well, absolute yeah. shambles of a rule that is. It's just handball. Do you know what I mean? It's just handball. It's, hand it's like, it's come on. Like, um, so I thought that, well, we, we're not unlucky with that one then because that's what the rule is. But at the time... No, no, thought, no, no. Mane then boots Lloris. If Lloris had stayed down, I know that if Lloris stays down, I don't think it's a goal. I think if Lloris, because Lloris got up and didn't make the most out of it, because he, get, he gets kicked in the ribs. It reminds me, do you remember... The penalty that Lamella got, um, where he got kicked in the leg. I think it was away at Anfield a few years ago. Van Dyke, yeah. Yeah, Van Dyke kicked him. It reminds me a bit of that because he could have stayed up for that, but he didn't. And we got the penalty and we got the draw. Uh, I th- it felt a bit like that. But it, it, it didn't, even though the letter of the law, soft penalty at the other end, the kick, those three together should have meant that that goal didn't stand. You know. I think that one for me is... It's just frustrating that one. Like yeah. I think I didn't think it was a foul on Delhi, and then the rules state that that's not handball. So that's just like a really frustrating thirty seconds because you go from yeah. appealing for a penalty, thinking we're going to get one and go two one up, then thirty seconds later you're two one down. Um, so fair like that one. Yeah, I can I can live with that one. It's just 
frustrating, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, I guess you, um, the thing in all of sorry. this is, is that, isn't it amazing that we were ruining, ch- we knew we would rue the chances and that we made that many excellent chances. And I know that they've had players injured, but so did we. So I'm not listening, I'm not listening to any of that. Oh, sorry, players out or whatever. And um, and that we did rue those chances. And actually, again, you know, back in in any other season, you'd you'd bet your house on Harry Kane finishing some of those. And he's just yeah. slightly off now. It, I mean, he's only slightly off now. So hopefully, like, he won't be he won't be off at all, kind of going forward. But you know. And you do get that feeling as well, Chris. Like, if he had all of those chances today, he probably would have scored three or four. It's just one of those ninety minutes, wasn't it? Where it didn't quite fall for him, but. I think it's just good to see him getting in those positions, having that amount of chances. Like, there's probably something on Twitter that will tell you the answer, but I can't remember that. The last game we created that amount of opportunities against the top side as well. You know what I mean? I know Liverpool were without Van Dijk, but I thought of ASD while I was watching because I saw a thing flash up around um, the fact that Liverpool had more shots on goal than us, but our ex, our XG. Their XG was 0.61 and ours, ours was like 2.4 or something. Oh, and I was like, I know you hate it. In my mind, I was going, I know you hate it, ASD, but that actually yeah. does explain what's going on here. Because they had more shots on goal than us, but our we were we looked like we were the ones that we would be gutted that we didn't score them. We didn't yeah, like yeah. we weren't up, you know? My mate Far, uh, Farmer Joe, um at from when we were in uni, he was from Taunton, so we had the farmer's accent. Uh, we 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 shaved an England flag into his head for the World Cup in 2008, 2006, uh, which was great. And he, every time we played FIFA, would when he took kickoff, would take a shot straight away from kickoff. So he'd always have a shot on target. And that's the thing was you could have 100 shots on target from the halfway line. But if you have one good shot, your XG will be higher. That's the single time it works, I think. And we, we finished the game with like a two point six and they finished with 1.4 or something so the xg says we should have won um can i read two conte quotes yes about please Delhi, mainly uh first one is Delhi played a good game with three midfielders he can play he should have scored if uh he should have scored if he were more effective but a good performance it's important for me to understand the players i can count on for the future today we played 3-5-2 instead of 3-4-2-1 good to have the possibility pretty good second one um Delhi played a good game, and Delhi, if we play three five two, he's a midfield who's strong physically, good technically, has good penetration and attack, good performance. Sesson Young also, I know that if we have to improve our level, I have to improve every player, and it's that last quote for me. I have to improve every player, and it's yeah. I don't know, you improve Sun that much apart from maybe well, I don't know, but apart from that, every player has to improve, and is improving. Yeah, it's, it's massive steps in the right direction, isn't it? Like six weeks ago, if you'd have said, oh, we've got Liverpool at home, you'd have been thinking I'd probably take, if you'd have offered me 2 nil Liverpool, I probably would have taken that. Do you know what I mean? It was at that point where you just like, you don't want to get hammered 4-5. So really good result, really positive, good to, you know, continue that feel-good factor that Conte's brought since he's, since he's arrived, really. Yeah. Um, the other news which come out today around the Europa Conference League, we're out. Yeah. Whoa, brilliant news. We're all buzzing. Um, what were your, I guess, first of all, what are your, what are your personal thoughts about it? And then like, what are your thoughts on actually that we have been booted out of the competition for the reasons that have happened? 
I think the club did exactly the right thing to protect their play, the players and the staff and all the rest of it. I think that it's an absolute joke in the middle of a pandemic that the UEFA would do that. And I know that they've got, pre- you know, it's precedent and all the rest of it. But actually, you have to be pragmatic. Um, but equally, I really don't care that we're not in that competition. This is the best outcome possible. There's no glory in winning it at all. I mean, I've wanted us to win this since I was a young boy. I really have. But right now, there's no glory for us winning this at all. And we didn't. I mean, we've had some properly embarrassing uh, results so far. But this is great. Like, we don't waste our time with silly matches. Maybe we can have some matches on a Saturday now instead of a Sunday. Like, it just, it's better. The only thing... I would like to have had a second team out. You know, I, I've always said I would like to not play any of the first team, even if it's an under-21s team, let them get, just use it for experience and just never play a first team player in it and just use it for that and just use it for the, that, that type of experience. But we didn't. We always played this sort of half team, one, one third, fourth. I, I didn't really understand what how we were attacking it. I think our performance in it was part of the reason Conte left, uh, Conte, Nuno left. And so... It was good for that. Nothing against Nuno, wrong man, wrong at the wrong time. Um, I'm not sad at all. I'm very happy we're out. I wish we never were in it in the first place. Best way of going out that tournament that could ever have happened because we don't have yeah. the embarrassment of having lost one nil at some, you know, to someone <laughs> like Kilmarnock. Do you know what I mean? And something embarrassing like that. It's like, do you know what I mean? We've been kicked out. It's like, oh, we would have gone on and won it. Do you know what I mean? We can sort of say that. Look. I've hated this competition from the start. We've said a few weeks ago on the pod that I never want Spurs to lose, but I wouldn't have felt anything had we been knocked out. When I saw that news today, I was actually more happy than I was disappointed, which is very, very telling. Like you say, SD, no glory in winning the third-rate European trophy. Like It wouldn't count. Do you know what I mean? It just wouldn't. Um, so we can focus mainly now on Premier League. If we get through against West Ham as well, we've got, you know, the opportunity. We're not far off in the League Cup then. You've got the FA Cup coming in the in the new year as well. So like, there's still plenty of competition. Also, um, excellent pub quiz question. Who was the first, uh, which team was kicked out of the inaugural uh, Europa Conference League? It's just the yeah, fact that good. it's got conference in the name. I know. That is the, that is the killer, isn't it? It's like, don't, don't put that in there. Um so yeah, very pleased about that. Um, and then we've got we've got West Ham this week, League Cup. That is going to be a huge game right on top of Christmas. Um, West Ham have been having a really good season so far. You know they've been really competitive in the league, getting some great results. Obviously we lost there, didn't we, earlier in the season in the league one nil. Um, feels like they're on a bit of a tough spell at the moment with results, and they've had a few injuries, especially defensively struggled a little bit to sort of have that that rhythm of results that they were getting at the start of the season. So it seems like they're almost sort of slightly dropping at the moment and we're on the rise the last sort of four or five weeks. So it's going to be a really tasty game, you know, at home under the light. So what what are your thoughts on the game? Are you looking forward to it? Do you think we'll progress? West Ham, am I... Am I dark horses for the fourth I think they're absolutely brilliant like and I hate to say it they just got everything's working for them when they've got the first 11 out they're pretty good I think once you start to scratch beneath that surface it's quite light um I mean who knows who knows where their priority lies like you say they've had a tough time so maybe they're going to concentrate on the league because they're not for the Arsenal are fourth now um honestly who knows 
I, I'd hope we can beat them, but on, I really don't know. We've had a bit of a rest, haven't we, as well? That's the thing. Well, we've had games off. So it's sort of like we don't have to worry too much about being a bit jaded going into this game. And like the players will have a bit of a bounce from the Liverpool performance as well. So like I feel really confident for this game now. Whereas when the draw got made, I was a little bit like, oh, you know, like that's not great. I'm really, really confident going into it. I just hope that we can take the, the form and the results of the last few weeks into it. I don't know where they are in terms of COVID because I don't know if you saw, but another 90, there were another 90 positive cases in the Premier League today, which is the most over any seven day period um, since. So it might not even testing. happen. The game might not even happen. But I don't I know where they are because I think we're all, you know, we're all right now. We're not going to go through it again, I shouldn't think. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. They're not like I think. Like I, I think like ASD said, I think you know they're probably going to have focus in another place, and and I think it's a sort of thing that we're going to be up for. And I think on our day, and I know you know we've said this, but on our day we can beat anyone. And so I think if they're up for it, and Conte's up for it, and gets them into thinking, you know, if you're going to be winners, you, you might as well win this, because that's the thing then I don't see why not. I'm up for winning this competition this year and I feel yep. better about it this year than I did last year, even though we got to the final because there was just something in me that knew that Mourinho wouldn't be able to get us over the line. Totally agree. I, I'd love to. I still think we can get the FA Cup. I know there's other teams who will want it, but it's this. I, th- I think we can go for the Cups and just see where we end up with yeah. the season. I'm, it's, I'm, feeling very, I'm just feeling very positive about it all. Yeah, I think we can win. It feels weird. It feels, it feels nice. I just want, I don't want to watch Spurs play West Ham. I want to watch Spurs under Conte. Do you know what I mean? There's a big difference. Yes. I want to see what he's going to bring yes. out of them. And I, I want to see them against all types of opposition. I think that that's yeah. nice to see. Yeah, because <laughs> I don't genuinely don't really care that much. I mean, I know, you know, I don't really care about West Ham. I know we're supposed to hate them and all the rest of it, but like, I'm like, I'm a bit agnostic about them. It's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, obviously I don't love them, but. It doesn't feel like, oh, my God, it's West Ham. Um, what I want to see, as ASD just said, is I want to watch Spurs play under Conte. That's where the fun is. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, yeah. 5-0, Spurs. <laughs> but we get I'll take that. You're in, a, you're in a League Cup semi-final. Do you know what I mean? You're close. You know, and it's like, I know it's a little bit hypocritical because I've just been slagging off the Europa Conference League, but like, you do want to keep progressing. You do want to try and get some silverware where possible. Like, especially for us, you know, it's been a while, it'll be 14 years next year. Like, we need to, we need to do it just to sort of get that. Yeah. And get honestly, that the off. semi-finals are much more fun than the finals, aren't they? Always. Always. Brilliant. I love a semi. I love a semi-final. Absolutely love it. And then after that, um, there's a couple of games. We've got Boxing Day, Palace at home. And then on the 28th, we're at, we're away to Southampton. So Palace is going to be a tough game, you know. Like, they are having a really, really good season. I think what the job Vieira is doing there, they're massive flying under the radar. They've got some fantastic results against some good sides. Yeah, but haven't they had really weird results, though? Haven't they had, like, real up-and-down weirdness? Yeah, and they won 2-0 at City, didn't they? Which yeah, was just yeah. like, you know, that's a mad result. Um, So it's not going to be an easy game. 
Obviously, they absolutely hammered us, didn't they, early in the season? We lost 3-0 there. Um, so hopefully some of the players that played in that game will remember that and use that as a bit of motivation going into the game. But that's not going to be an easy game. Um, but to be honest... So they, like, lost, they lost to Leeds. I'm just looking. They lost to Leeds. They lost to Villa. They drew against Burnley. And then they beat, and they beat Wolves. But like they lost to Leeds on the 30th of November. Um, lost to um, Man United. They beat Everton. Drew with Southampton and then they had obviously had their game postponed. So that's what I mean. It's really kind of up and down. The only thing is, is and this is how I felt before the away game, is that Vieira has got a really bloody good record against us. Yeah. And there's something in that. And I know it's like it's, there's some of that kind of football kind of whatever and you know, and that's really annoying. So I want to see that duck broken, basically. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's the most unpredictable team on the most unpredictable fixture day. You know, the Boxing yes. Day, like that. That always brings surprises. So, I mean, who knows? And we always, it it's always feels a bit awkward against Palace, and you never know what's going to happen. And mm. are you? Hey, are you? And then it's uh, it's Southampton on the twenty eighth. Um. I, I think Southampton, they're, they're, again, they're a really strange side. I think they've got a really good manager, Southampton, because if you have a look at their squad, that is it's atrocious. And I think Hausnertl's doing a really good job there. At, He's a good manager. You know, like honestly, I think if you look to all of the squads in the league, Southampton should be right, right down there in like desperate trouble. But he always seems to be able to keep them in the division. Um, they're a team that play with high energy. Do you know what I mean? They like the press. They, they don't sit back. They do go for it in games, which actually I think might suit us. We seem. I feel like we've got quite a good record against Southampton as well since they've been back in the Prem. So that's a game that I'm, I'm quite confident about as well. Yeah, they just they drew to Palace. They lost 3-0 to Arsenal. Drew against Brighton. Drew against Leicester. Lost 4-0 to Liverpool. Lost 2-1 to Southampton. Just beat Villa 1-0. Just beat Watford 1-0. I, if we don't win that, that will be something yeah. that, that would be actually magic. they're not actually that bad games because you know it's like the Christmas period is so important because there's so many games pulled in and for us to have Palace Southampton and then Watford on New Year's Day like that's actually a pretty good run to not have a, right. a top half side in those three games like yeah. it's a great chance to pick up nine points because if we win all three of them games which I know is asking a lot and you think we're probably going to drop points somewhere just because it's football. But if you take nine points out of that, you'll be right in the top four with that. So it's a really, really big few weeks for us to try and sort of keep the momentum going and get those results. That's it. We're only six points behind Arsenal, who are fourth, and we've got three games in hand, three winnable games as well. And it's important as well because the 16th of Jan and the 23rd of Jan, we've got Arsenal and Chelsea in back-to-back. You know, in a week we're planning both. And it's like... So we need to put ourselves in a position where we're ahead of Arsenal going into that game. What you don't want to be is, you know, be, to be three, four points back. And then there's so much pressure on having to get get the win. So we need to make sure these next few games we do, we're professional and we do take care of business. Because also, the 9th or 10th of January as well is FA Cup weekend. So we've got Morecambe in that. So do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Next three games, a lot of the sort of key players can be on the bench for that Morecambe match. And then you've got yourself a break before you're going into Arsenal and Chelsea. So I can't help but feel that next month is really sort of going to define where we sort of finish up. And we have got these games in hand as well. Like, well, who? So who is it? It's Brighton, Burnley, Burnley and Norwich. Leicester. Leicester, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. 
Brighton and Burnley and Leicester. And actually, you know, not being in the in that European league matters for that as well. Because those fixtures have got to go somewhere. So, you know. I don't know, look. If we wanna if we want to push on, we're gonna have to win these games anyway. Mm. And and as you say, it's a good time for it. And we you know, and we'll have that break and stuff. I mean I like, you know. I'm excited. I, you know, I wasn't sure what I thought about Conte. To be fair, you know, another Chelsea manager and all the rest of it. But everything I've liked, I've everything I've seen, I've liked. I like his energy. I like how much he cares, and I don't mind if it's because he cares because he cares about his own reputation because he doesn't just tell us all the time. So that's fine. Do you know what I mean? That's fine. Like you know, yeah. whatever motivates you is fine because actually he lets it play out on the pitch you can see he's getting the best out of players that we were you know that we thought we'd have to write off as Jack said earlier and um you know and he's obviously very good at his job this is like you know, a really really like coaching the team it's a really small thing to point out of Conte as well but like he's on the training ground coaching them you see all the pictures on Twitter he's in the sessions and it's like you think back Nuno and Jose just hands off with all that stuff. They had their coaches, like Jose and Nuno were more sort of managers, weren't they? And, the, and their, their their staff would go and deliver the sessions. You imagine Conte, when you can see it in the pictures, he's in the thick of it. Do you know what I mean? When they're doing rondos, he's in there. If it's people says he's getting involved and you know he can still play as well because like when you're a player of that calibre, you don't lose it. But I do think from a player's point of view, like if you've got a manager that's just thrown himself straight in with you, you are good. I think that you're gonna you've got no other option but to respond positively to that. Whereas like I do imagine Nuno and Jose to be a little bit distant and you'd sort of be like, have I got a relationship with them? Have I not? Like where do I stand? Whereas I feel like with Conte, there's no BS. Everyone knows what's going on. Um and, and the players are reaping the rewards at the minute. Yeah, for sure. Um, ASD, did you watch do you ever watch any of the video content that the Spurs do? I do. Did you watch the one with them playing headers over the Audi and trying to get it in a in a bin? No, no. have you seen that one? <laughs> yeah, because um, Joe Roden is absolutely Roden. terrible and like spends a lot of time feeling he's been hard done by, but actually in a quite a funny way as well. So it's worth a little watch. It's quite funny. <laughs> you know I love him. His videos with Gareth Bale are my favourite. Yeah. Where yeah, they're talking yeah. about aliens, like because they're just children. <laughs> um. And his brother, like we said before, is one of the best followers on uh, Twitter because he just calls out everyone who just says anything about Roden as being like, you know him, do you? You've spoken to him, have you? <laughs> 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 I absolutely love it. He's just a lad. Yeah, I love it. Um, other um, other excellent content that I've really enjoyed in the in this last because you know this new because the, there's a new admin. And some of it, I'm just like, it's a bit embarrassing. Like, you know, like Conte's Christmas album and stuff. That wasn't great. Um, <laughs> but I really like the um, the Marvel stuff. I really so I like didn't. Tom Holland. Because I don't really watch. I don't, I'm, don't, I don't know anything about Spider-Man. But the conversation between Tom Holland and Sonny was really good fun. Because what they were doing was, um, Tom Holland was saying, right, who would be this character, this Marvel character, this Marvel, whatever. Yeah. And he was doing the analysis with him. And at one point, Sonny said to him, you know my teammates better than I do. Um, and actually, that was really good fun. And then I just also quite enjoyed, you know, I saw someone when Tom Holland first started that saying, you know, we're like, we're only one step away from Zendaya at, um, at Spurs. And then, you know, lo and behold, two days later, there's a picture of um, Sonny flanked by Tom Holland and Zendaya, which was always fun. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, I quite enjoyed all of that. 
Yeah, they've definitely stepped their game up, haven't they? I really, yeah, never mind. Try not to be negative. No, I don't like the Conte cam stuff. I no, don't I like don't. I don't like. That's what I mean. Some of it's a bit embarrassing. That's what I'm saying. I'm not sure about that. Mm. But I quite liked the. Um, I like the the Tom Holland stuff. Yeah, I mean, and it, he is a proper Spurs fan. Like I remember yeah. when they had him. Adam Richmond yeah. stuff came out a few years ago, and I, that was really cringe. Remember when he, the another man versus food fella, yeah, and he yeah. like leant against the wall and started crying. Uh, I found that really cringe. But him, tell you who I met. Um, oh God, I've forgotten his name. Um, he was in Much Do About Nothing. He's a Shakespearean actor. Uh, Kenneth Branagh. Oh yeah. Um, he's a massive Spurs fan. I met him in Madrid just before the final, on the way to the game. He, oh, wow. he, uh, he was outside we, the restaurant we went to beforehand. Uh, it's great. Or, I mean, he might have been lying. He's a great actor, so who knows? <laughs> but he I, is, sat but he's... I sat behind Matt Bainton at Wembley. Oh, cool. And uh, he's a really, really nice... It was him, his dad, and his brother. And occasionally, um, oh, I don't know, there's another guy who's a comedian and actor who is in stuff with who used to come a lot as well. And what really, really, really nice guys and really, really, really love Spurs. Yeah, that's great. You know, and that's all you, that's what you want. Like, that's, you know, I don't, wouldn't talk to them about anything else, but, you know, yeah. it's great. Um, just as well to touch upon how well the women team are getting on at the moment yes. with some cracking results the last few weeks, beating Villa um, and beating Everton yesterday as well. Like, there's a first time we've beaten Everton in the, in the WSL and actually, they're having they're not having a bad season. They've got like Tony Duggan has come back from I think she was in France or Germany, you know, like so and she's like a top player with like loads of caps. And we nullified her yesterday as well. And for anyone who hasn't watched um who didn't watch it or hasn't seen the goal, the women's football show is on the BBC. You can put watch it on the iPlayer. There'll be a big feature on our game because a couple of them got um called off yesterday but honestly Jess Naz's goal was absolutely out of the top draw it was a lovely finish I mean she's a very talented player but um yeah I'd recommend watching it because it's just lovely to see a goal like that in a Spurs shirt frankly it's like textbook camera angle as well isn't it Chris where yeah. it's like she bends it and you're like you know it as soon as she hits it you know it's in the top corner it's just one of those yeah. brilliant moments but great to see them uh, them doing so well at the moment as well and, and hopefully that continues the next few weeks as well well, then we've got two really, really like top draw coach first team coaches. You know, yeah. they're both really. I think I said this to you. I spoke to someone at the FA when um, when we hired Rianne just to say what she like, and they were like, you know, she said I don't. You know, this woman was involved in the WSL, not necessarily in the England setup, but she said, as far as I know, we're really gutted because she's one of the best coaches we've got. Mm. That's great. So. That's gonna- that's great. I was going to ask what, what. Give them what, whatever they want in January, both of them, frankly. Oh, yeah, I think we'll make moves in January. Well, I was going to ask you both that actually about like what you think is going to happen in, in the January window because we obviously do need reinforcements. Like Conte will have a short list of players that, you know, he, he wants to bring in. But January is always a really difficult month, isn't it, to sort of make those big money signings although you know all the the big name players they don't tend to sort of move around too much it's always like loans or short-term deals and stuff like that so like, what do you both sort of think is going to happen in the window we'll lose some players out on loan i think and don Bale could go i mean he's the only one who might have been a bit of a negative yesterday a bit of a passenger 
I reckon we could sign someone big like this Vlahovic from from Fiorentina. Is like he's going to go for seventy because his contract's at the up at the end of next season, and he wants to go and just go and watch him. All he does is score goals, and he's young. Hasn't he broken well, or equaled Ronaldo's record in in Serie A as well this goals year? Goals in the like, calendar year. Yeah, yeah. Why would he come to us? Uh, Conte and Paratici, that that connection, um, right. and it, it's come to play for Conte, come to work with Kane. Because uh, you know, it, yeah, I don't yeah. know why City aren't going for him. City desperately need a striker, and they've got obviously tons of cash. So I don't know why they wouldn't go for yeah, it. But yeah. I, I look around at a lot of the top sides as well, and it's like the good thing is when you do get one of these like younger or slightly more unknown strikers sort of emerging a lot of the top sides do already have very established centre forwards so it's like a lot of the time you're like actually could do they need them you'd think City is an obvious one Real Madrid maybe Benzema must be what like 34 35 now Bayern I know Lewandowski's still banging all the goals in but they've got to start thinking about replacement for him in the next sort of season or so as well so you look at that there's not a huge amount of like direct competition that maybe we would have going for a player like that um, and I think as well, knowing that Conte is happy to switch to a three-five-two, and you can come and play alongside Kane, might be a bit, yeah. you know, a bit more of a, a that a, makes a big difference as well. Actually, so you know that you're not necessarily going to be a bit part player. Yeah, yeah. But uh, how, how, how mad is it that Lukaku is just doing nothing? Weird, isn't it? Hundred million pounds. Isn't he injured? No, he's just not playing. He's been oh, back really? the, last, the last like three weeks or so. He's been back and he's just not. A hundred million that. pounds with t- two children meant to be this amazing manager, and I thought that would be the goals that they missed, which would take them to the league. But they're having they, a blip as well at the minute, aren't they? They are having a blip. Like, yeah. I think every team goes through for a course for season. You go through a little period where it's not quite clicking, and it's like. And you just got to try and get yourself out of it. But I feel like with Lukaku, he's a brilliant goal scorer. You have to play a certain way with him and you have to use his strengths, which is his hold up plays finishing in the box. And I, what, you watch Chelsea at the minute and actually like they're, they don't really sort of, they're not as direct as maybe you, we all associate Chelsea with being over the mm. years. They like to actually control possession and link play and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm not saying Lukaku is not good enough to play in that type of team, but I don't think it plays to his strengths as such. Um, and you're seeing it with the, you know, the the lack of goals. Look, I said it at the start of the season, centre forwards being phased out of the game. I'm telling you. Old fashioned well, sign that focal point up front is being phased out of the game. It'll it'll go and then it'll yeah, swing back around. Yeah, it's swings and roundabouts, isn't it? I think I think the thing about I know yesterday was a really mad result for Chelsea. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm, I'd say they were having a blip. Yesterday was a bit of a mad result, but you know they asked for their game to get um, postponed because of their COVID, and they got a no. And I, I don't really understand um, the rationale for which ones get have got called off and which haven't. Do either of you have any ideas? No idea at all. I feel like it's like flip of a coin. Will it get called off? Yeah. Will it not? You just got no idea. But you just want them to come out and say, don't you? You have to have X amount of your team have COVID cases and the game will be postponed. It's like, you're, obviously, they're never going to do that. But you're just always thinking, is it going to happen? Is it not? It's like I was with my dad and brother yesterday morning and um, they obviously went to the game and, and they were like, we're not going to leave to the last minute because we don't want to get on an early train and get down there and then get the message for yeah. us when the game's off. It's like, 
but they have to but they have to do better at calling the games off earlier because poor fans that have travelled, you know yeah. what I mean, the length of the country, and then an hour and a half before kickoff, it's like, oh no, it's off. It's like, come on, not on, is it? Yeah, <clears throat> and uh, I, I, you know, I'm I'm a bit shocked that the games are going ahead on Boxing Day. Me too. But you know, it's exactly what we we're talking about. It's like the biggest day of the year in terms of like entertainment. And so from a broadcasting perspective, that's the most important thing. Yeah. I'm not sure it's the right thing for public health. And I don't just mean the players. I think, you know, packing fans in stadium when you know that there's like like a massive wave of a... It just doesn't make any... But none of this makes any sense to me. I suppose let's not get onto this because uh, no. there are, these are very uh, uh, polarising... Uh, topics yeah. of discussion i just hope everyone's really safe and is wearing you know as much mask wearing as possible because it does make a huge difference regardless of what piers corbin and his mates say did you see that video no i, I block it all i can't because it just it get, makes me so angry just want people to be well that's all but anyway that's it that's stay safe idea. everyone joe um, um asd go i was on. gonna say what's been happening in the inbox the last couple of weeks yeah, well, I've been uh, chatting, so I've been listening to a lot of Ocean Wisdom at the minute, and I've been trying to chat to him, and he's not a Spurs fan, but he did send us a uh, a question. Um, who was it? I missed who that was. Wisdom is the UK's probably best rapper at the moment. Oh, yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, cool. He's, he is unbelievable. Uh, and he said, you know, we've talked about it before, but the Bell End 11, he's, he talked about how Robertson and Klopp must make it now. So he just said, if we had to make a bell end eleven on the um on the show, who would it be? And it's just the players who just you know are shit bags or just nasty people. So there's you know, and it's evolved over the years. But I I've got at least a ten. I had to make it up eleven because I've got two keepers on there. But um I'd be interested in hearing it, who if there are any names off the top of your heads that would just go like Robertson, bit of a shit bag. Either there for me. Straight, else? straight away, Lee Bowyer. No, he's not playing anymore. Current eleven. Come on. Oh, Charlie Adam. Is Charlie Adam still playing? No. He he tried he's to a shit bag. One of Gareth Bale's best goals for Wales is uh when we played Scotland many years ago. And Charlie Adam tries to break his leg again. And Bale gets the ball from a free kick. A bit like that messy one versus um, Real Madrid, but Adam comes out to him, pushes Bale off balance. And Bale is always best when he's off balance, always. And uh, Bale just rifles it into the top corner from miles and miles and miles out. But anyway, I'm not sure I'm not sure where Charlie Adam is. Anyway, sorry. I'm not let me check if he's playing. I feel I've, like I feel like you have to put Tim Crawl in there as well. Just as really? a keeper. Oh my he does my head in that guy. Absolute does my head in. He thinks it, He's had some really good games against Spurs over yeah. the years. He's had three or four games where you And then wastes loads of time at the end. Is that what you're going to say? That's, yeah. that's the thing. Oh, it yeah. just takes about yeah. two, three minutes to take a goal kick. And you just think, oh, come on, get on with the game. So I, I had Schmeichel. Because Schmeichel will always go out to injure another player. Like When he goes out to grab balls, he's always leading with his feet or knees purposefully to hit. And the Kepa, just because, I mean, that time when he refused to come off, you, you can't do that. Like Oh, I know. Imagine someone doing that to Conte. I feel like they'd he'd go on the pitch, headlock them, and yeah. you know what I mean, march them down the tunnel. Yeah. yeah. I think Dyer would drag them off. I I just don't know what. Yeah, those two. And then I had Alonso for obvious reasons. Oh, I put yeah, Matip no. in there. I just, <laughs> I just don't like it. it? <laughs> uh, Robertson. I then had uh, Lanzini, 
Xhaka. And I put Delhi in there for positive reasons. Cause I think, you know, we all, we all need one on our team. And then Mane, Salah and Ronaldo for obvious reasons. Mane is... It's a pretty good side, that, to be fair. Well, Mane. Mane, there's just something about him. I, he's a cheat. He cheated in the Champions League final. And this, he, he goes down too easily. There's just something I don't like about him. He's got dead eyes. I just don't like him. And then uh, Salah, because of the whole thing about not shaking the hands of players from Maccabee Haifa, seems to be just ignored uh, by the media. We'll leave that one there. But I, I, I went through all of the squads and I couldn't find many. Even in Arsenal, I couldn't find many. I feel like it's a difficult one, this, because there's certain players that like I'd put in this side, but... I also really like them because of that quality. Do you know what I mean? Like you think of someone like Sergio Ramos. Do you know what I mean? He's the biggest yeah. shithouse we've ever seen in football. But like, you love him for it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. There's, do you remember back in... Gattuso. Not even that long ago, when Madrid, their centre-backs were Ramos and Pepe. <laughs> you just think <laughs> like, come, like, those two together were just a nightmare, wouldn't they? We see less sort of personalities we might have done 10 years ago or definitely 20 years ago, aren't we? They're, they're far more neutral and media trained and they've been trained to the nth degree since they were younger. So there's far more less wide personalities out there. So maybe we're seeing less of them. I mean, you think if we're doing an all-time 11, Costa is the first yeah. name on that. Yeah. And that we can all think of it. I also feel like, you know, Haaland's got potential to be in that side as well because oh, he yeah. scores goals and like screams in the keeper's face and stuff like that, doesn't he? You just think like, well, how he's like, you know, the thing about like how a bumblebee isn't meant to be able to fly. He doesn't look like he should be able to play football. He looks so yeah. clumsy and just laborious, and then all he does is score goals. And like he's tall, but he's not like he's not that well built. He's so strong. He like smashes <laughs> defenders out of the way, and you look at him and you think. You've not got a physique at all on you. Like, how do you do that? That guy is going to... Well, he already is an incredible striker. The he's amount of goals... He's young, isn't he? He's like 21, isn't he? It's like the amount of goals he is going to end up scoring is going to be terrifying. Yeah. Fly. So that's it. So uh, thank you, Mr Wisdom. That was a good question. I imagine that a lot of people are busy with Christmas ASD and that's probably why you've not been absolutely inundated with emails the last week or so no but i mean it's, it's a quality of a quantity thing yeah, you know, in the royal family a bit busy at the moment so i'm not yeah i've blocked them all now i'm no royalist so they're done dead to me <laughs> well they're busy like trying to figure out what they're going to do for christmas because the queen's blown them out hasn't she mm. they're not watching suits though they're definitely not watching going to watch suits box set <laughs> They're not watching the suits box, that is true. Um, right. Any other business before we finish? Predictions for West Ham, please. 2 1 Tottenham. 2 1 two, one Tottenham, yeah. And uh, 2 0, like 2 0 after half an hour, cruising, mm. letting back in, hanging on. I think it's going to be a bit more high scoring. And I think we're going to win it like 4 2. But at some point, we'll be behind. You've been supporting Spurs before, Chris, haven't you? <laughs> it has been a few years, yes. <laughs> well, look, fingers crossed for victory against the Hammers and, you know, continuing our good form. This is going to be the last pod we're going to do before Christmas as well. So we won't be back oh, until until afterwards either. When you, um, uh, last Christmas, I gave you my heart. 
so it's on the Spotify Christmas hits playlist. It's like number one, two. It's really early on, so we hear it. I hear it many times a day for the kids, and I always just hear. But the very next day, let's see a same for fears. I'll give it to Pochettino. <laughs> Remember that? Not Pavlyuchenko. No, that's what Chris is saying. <laughs> so you'll give it to Pavlyuchenko. <laughs> Do you What's remember you the know? year that they did um, Christmas a Christmas themed squad on the back of the program? So it was Maurizio Pochettino yeah. and stuff. <laughs> I can't remember oh, the others, but I remember that one. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Well, can we do that on Twitter or something? The best Spurs players Christmas puns. That'll be that'll be something fun. Can I just say, Pav is still active. He scored 21 goals in 25 games for. Isn't he the mayor of somewhere? I mean, maybe he's in the. They're in the third tier of the Russian profession. Oh, that's why oh. he scored 21 goals in 25 games. How old um, is he? He is. 40, isn't he nearly? 39. Love it. Love it. How, it's fair play to him. Do you know what I mean? As someone that loves football so yeah. much, he's willing to slog it out at 39 in the third tier in Russia. <laughs> that is commitment for you. Still scoring goals, so he loves it. That's it. Yeah. Just for him. Well, look, uh, yeah. let's, uh, let's wrap it up there. Like I said, last pod before Christmas. I hope both of you have a brilliant, brilliant time. Um, thank you, everybody that's listened as well throughout the year. It's been brilliant podding with you both, as always, um, this year. And uh, looking forward to continuing it after Christmas. And fingers crossed, we'll have a bit more success next year on the pitch as well. So Merry Christmas, everybody. And uh, remember, whatever happens, future's bright, future's lily white. Come on, you Spurs. I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realized until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain, and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. The curve of the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2! It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next? We are Blancheflower, Ardelis and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. 
We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.